In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation and as always, it's great to be with all of you. As always, we'd like to start off with Mary, especially on Saturday, which is a day dedicated to Mary. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is also the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's beg Mary to be with us, to pray for us, and to pray with us so that we can love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let's pray that prayer that Mary loves most, the Hail Mary or the angelic salutation. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known, taken from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as our Consoler. As well as our Counselor. Holy Spirit is also the Interior Master. St. Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles, states that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But good news. The Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Let's beg the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds with the light of truth and to set our hearts on fire with love of God and the love of neighbor. 
as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. How true it is, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. A world at prayer is a world at peace. So I'm going to be praying for all of you on the Mass we celebrate today. And of course, the greatest of all prayers is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. I'll be placing all of you and your intentions on the altar. And I'll be praying, first of all, that all of us would be open to the gifts and the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. May this be our prayer today. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention, I pray for our families. 
that all of our family members, even the most distant ones, the lost sheep, the prodigal sons and daughters, that they would be saved. So to pray for the salvation, the sanctification, and the salvation of all of our family members. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said it very clearly. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul in the process? My final intention with you like to place on the altar all those who will be dying today. All those who will be dying today. We know neither the day nor hour nor the moment that we will die. So let's... Uh, offer our prayers for those who will be passing from this life to the next that they would be well prepared and let's pray for ourselves that we would have a holy and a happy death when all is said and done my friends the only thing that really matters is for us to go to heaven that's really what matters most I'd like to follow up taken from the gospel today a common theme that we've been developing over the past 10 days and this theme is the importance of the Blessed Virgin Mary There's many reasons why we should be honoring Mary. First is that the, this month of September, there are many reasons why we honor Mary the first Saturdays of the month. Our Lady of Fatima, here we have the beautiful image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Ask that we make the five first Saturday devotions by going to confession, praying our rosary, meditate upon the mysteries of the rosary for 15 minutes, making a communion of reparation, five consecutive first Saturdays of the month. And Mary promises that when we die that she'll be present to us so that we'll be able to die in the state of grace. So the first Saturday of the month is a month in which we want to honor the Immaculate Heart of Mary and offer, we also offer a communion of reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You know, Lady mentions five, the sins against her Immaculate Conception, the sins against her perpetual virginity, the sins against her divine maternity, the sins of those who have damaged images of Mary, 
by blasphemy. And the sins of those who have drawn children away from God and Mary. Then September 8th, we celebrated the birthday of Mary. We celebrate the birthday of Mary September 8th because December 8th is the Immaculate Conception of Mary in the womb of St. Anne. So from December 8th all the way up until September 8th, we count nine months. Then the 12th of September, if you remember, earlier this week, we celebrated a very important feast day for the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. It's called our titular feast day. The day in which we honor our founder and our congregation. That's a day in which we also made our vows, took our vows of chastity, poverty, obedience. And September 12th, my friends, is the feast day of the holy name of Mary. The holy name of Mary. By just pronouncing the holy name of Mary, all the devils in hell shake with fear. They fear the awesome, powerful presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So September 12th is the day in which we renew our vows to be faithful to the Lord until the end. I remember shortly before being ordained a priest in Rome, I had a spiritual director at St. Mary Majors, which is one of the major basilicas in Rome, where you have the Dominican priests. And I had a confessor, his name was Father Horn, who was an older English Dominican. They told them that I was going to be ordained to the priesthood by John Paul II a couple of days after that confession. And he said, you know, my friend, when all is said and done, at the end of our lives, whether or not we're famous or not, whether or not we publish books or not, whether or not whether or not we're a celebrity unknown, those are irrelevant. What's important is that we are faithful servants of the Lord. So you pray for me, I'll pray for you, that we would be faithful servants of the Lord. I remember him saying that. Thirty seven half thirty seven and a half years ago. As if it were yesterday. And even St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta says that we're really not called to be successful, but we are called to be faithful. We're not called to be successful because some of our best projects can sometimes fail in the eyes of the world. But we are called to be faithful. 
So let's pray that the end of our life when we go before the Lord, he'll say, he'll say, well done, faithful servant. Well done, faithful servant. Well done, faithful servant. So my friends, we're talking today about Mary. And I'd like to relate my conversation on Mary to the gospel today. Jesus said, a good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten fruit bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. So I'd like to relate this to Mary. We see, blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. I'd like to compare the tree that brings forth the best and the most abundant fruit to Mary. Mary bore within her womb the fruit of her womb was Jesus Christ. No greater fruit in the world than that. So talking about Mary related to the gospel and the fruitfulness of Mary and we're, we are also called to be fruitful, not sterile or barren. And then, my friends, talking about the Marian feast days we celebrate in September. September 14th, we celebrate the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Then the following day, September 15th, we celebrate Our Lady, Our Lady of Sorrows. <coughs> A Lady of Sorrows. Yesterday I was giving several talks and the homily I gave last night in Spanish I spoke briefly about the seven sorrows of Mary. There's a rosary known as the seven sorrows of Mary and the Franciscans are, are known for their devotion to the seven sorrows of Mary. Do you know the seven sorrows of Mary? I'll go through them quickly and then I'd like to go through various fruits that we can beg Mary. We can beg Mary for special fruits that she'll obtain for us. These are the seven sorrows of Mary. The prophecy of Simeon that a sword of sorrow would would pierce the heart of Mary. The flight into Egypt. Mary and Joseph take Jesus in Egypt, fleeing from the wicked designs of King Herod. Third would be the loss of the child Jesus in the temple those three days. Fourth would be Mary meets Jesus on the way of the cross. Fifth will be the crucifixion of Jesus and Mary Stabat Mater standing at the foot of the cross. 
The sixth would be the pieta, the dead body of Jesus lowered into the arms of Mary. And the seventh would be the separation of Jesus from Mary and the burial of Jesus. Those are called the seven sorrows of Mary, worthy of her own meditation and contemplation. So we're covering a lot today on Mary. And in my reflection today, my own holy hour and meditation, these were the thoughts that came to me. We should beg Mary, the full of grace, Mary who brought forth from her womb, blessed are the fruit of your womb, Jesus. We should beg Mary today for many wonderful fruits. This is the inspiration I got from my holy hour in the gospel today. Jesus speaks about a tree with, with its fruits. In Mary. Mary can obtain for us the best of fruits. You might even relate this to another biblical passage from the Sermon on the Mount and it's Matthew chapter 7, 7. Matthew chapter 7, 7 is the following. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. I will be giving a course on the Sermon on the Mount, not, the, not this following week, but the week before. I'm really looking forward to the Sermon on the Mount. That will be September 26, 27, and 28. So, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Let's go to Mary now. Jesus, in the wedding feast of Cana, through Mary's intercession, turned water into wine. Let's ask Mary, through her prayers, to turn our water into wine. So I wrote down a list of fruits that we can beg we can beg these fruits from Mary so imagine you're imagine that you're sitting in front of Mary who is the daughter of God the father she's the mother of God the son she's the mystical spouse of the holy spirit She's the queen of the angels and queen of the saints. She's the queen of the universe. John Thomas Aquinas says her dignity is almost infinite. And we could also say her power. So let's turn to Mary. With great humility. 
but also with great trust. Let's beg Mary for special graces. So I have a list here. Let's see how far we can get. Uh, number one. Let us beg Mary for this special grace. For the salvation of our eternal soul. That we'll be saved. And I've already mentioned this verse from Jesus earlier, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it. Jesus says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? Jesus also said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you beside. So let's beg, let's beg Mary to obtain for us the grace of all graces. And the grace of all graces is the salvation of our immortal soul. But I honestly believe that this grace that we're begging for Mary is very pleasing to Mary as well as to our Lord because that's the, the purpose of our life, my friends, is to get to heaven. This is very much related to principle and foundation and even the basic catechism. Principle and foundation of St. Ignatius starts off with we are created, we are created to praise God, to reverence God, to serve God and by means of that to save our souls. And the Baltimore Catechism says we are created to know God, to love God, to serve God, and by means of that to save our souls. That's the Baltimore Catechism. We are created by God. We're created to know God, to love God, to serve God in this life so as to get to heaven. That's why we're here. So let's pray for the grace of all graces, which would be to die in the state of grace and to save our souls. Let's pray that every day, every day that ends, that we'll be closer to this, our goal, the salvation of our souls. Nothing more important. I was listening to a talk this morning on Mary and one of the points that the author was making is that the, the slightest grace in the world is worth more than the whole created universe. Your living in grace and growing grace is worth, think about it, it's worth more than the whole created universe. We might even say one Hail Mary prayed with devotion. We should be misers like Ebenezer Scrooge in wanting to acquire graces. We should be spiritual misers, spiritually avaricious in wanting to obtain 
as many graces as we possibly can in this short life of ours. Because life is short. Life is very short. So much so that St. Augustine says that our life on earth in comparison with eternity is a mere blink of the eye. So let's ask Mary for many other graces related to the gospel where Jesus speaks about a good tree will bring forth good fruit and Mary brought forth from the fruit of her womb Jesus Christ. And Mary wants to give us Mary wants to give us many, many special fruits. That's right. Mary wants to give us many, many special fruits. So the second grace we can beg for Mary is is related to grace and the fruits that we will grow in sanctifying grace all the days of our lives. We receive sanctifying grace in the moment of our baptism. But as a tree that is planted is called to grow, this is called the law of growth. We're all called to grow in one way or another. We're also called to grow in grace. Fortunately, our life is kind of like a roller coaster. Have you ever been on a roller coaster, maybe in Knott's Berry Farm or Magic Mountain? Ever been on, or you're from New York, Coney Island? Have you ever been on a roller coaster? We go up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, Mary is like a skyrocket going right to the moon. Mary went right up. Mary never lowered in grace, but Mary grew in grace. The author today mentioned that Mary's growth in grace was even more prominent in certain moments of her life. This I never really thought about, but it's true. Mary was always growing in grace, but there was a real spurt, a a skyrocketing in grace. And the author mentioned in the moment of the Annunciation, Mary really grew in grace. The birth of Jesus, Mary really grew in grace. When Jesus was dying on the cross, Mary the co-redemptrix really grew in grace. And at Pentecost, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, Mary really grew in grace. So let's ask, meditate upon the gospel today, the tree and its good fruits, that Mary the full of grace will help us to keep growing in grace. Instead of being like a roller coaster, we got peaks and valleys, we'll be like Mary, like a skyrocket going right up to right up to the moon. You might say, Well, Father Broom, how how can we go and grow in grace? Good question. Good question. These are ways in which we can be growing in grace. And 
grace, by the way, is it's it's our friendship with God. Every time we pray fervently, we're growing in grace. When we make sacrifices, we practice mortification, we live the ascetical life, we say no to ourselves. In that way we also go in grace. When we practice charity toward others, we're serving Christ in others. We're living out we're living out the corporal or spiritual works of mercy. You can read that in Matthew chapter twenty five. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a foreigner and you welcomed me. I was sick and in prison and you came to visit me. Whatsoever we do to the least of our brothers and sisters, that we do to Christ. So by living out the call to charity, love for God and love for neighbor, we're growing in grace. Those are all means by which we grow in grace. However, This is really where the rubber hits the road. By receiving the sacraments, it, receiving the sacraments are by far the most efficacious means by we, which we can skyrocket in grace. And that would be frequent confession and frequent communion. By far. Confession and communion are the two most important actions we can do in our lives. That's when we skyrocket in grace. However, this should be said with respect to the sacraments. And it's called the concept of dispositive grace. Concept of dispositive grace means that we receive from the sacraments commensurate with or in proportionate to the disposition of our souls. So the better the disposition of our souls, the more copious will be the graces that descend upon us. So the better we prepare for Mass and Communion, the more abundant grace is. The more we, better we prepare for Confession, the more abundant the grace is. So let's beg Mary, the f- beg Mary, who gave us the fruit of her womb, Jesus Christ, to help us To understand the theology of grace. To take advantage of the ways to grow in grace. To strive to grow in grace all the days of our lives. 
to treasure grace, to protect <coughs> ourselves so that the devil will not rob the grace from us. This is an analogy I've given in the past. If you have a precious diamonds in your home, you have a safe. In that safe, there's a combination that only you know. No one's going to be able to get into that safe because only you know that combination because you treasure those diamonds. Another analogy would be you have what is called gated communities. A man has a home that's worth multi-millions and he's got a fence, gate, barbed wire, maybe electricity. He's got a guard. He's got a couple of German shepherds. Then at the door, there's another gate. There's another locks. In other words, there's about ten different things. Ten different things. That that man has done to preserve his home from being ransacked. And then the safe that has the combination that only you know. I like to use that as an analogy. How much how much do we expend to watch over and protect the diamonds in the safe in the gated multimillionaire home from being ransacked by robbers? What do we do? What do we do in our lives to protect the infinite treasure of grace that is residing in the depths of our souls? Much less. Another analogy would be Almost all over the country now in the United States, there are these gyms that are sprouting up. Almost every town is going to have two or three different gyms. One of the reasons why a lot of people have problems with overeating, obesity, and health problems. And they have recourse to these gyms. Well, they're doing weightlifting. They're doing the bench press and the row and the abdominal and the treadmill and the running and the swimming and the push-ups and the pull-ups and the sit-ups. All these to obtain a sleek 
strong, muscular physique. These are spiritual, these are physical exercises. What do we do? What do we do in our lives? How much do we apply spiritual exercises to our life to have a robust, strong spiritual physique? What do we do? Perhaps we do the minimum. But we should do the maximum. To save our immortal souls. As Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So what we're doing today, my friends, we're honoring we're honoring the Blessed Virgin Mary in a special way today. And we're commenting upon the Gospel today where Jesus speaks about a tree and its fruit. A tree and its fruit. Jesus says... A rotten tree will produce rotten fruit. Whereas a good tree will produce good fruit. And then Jesus ends by speaking about a house built on a weak foundation and a house built on a strong foundation. If, my friends, we have great love and devotion to Mary, the full of grace. We will have built our home, our lives, on a very solid foundation. On a rock foundation. So what I'm inviting all of us to do today is to imagine that we're in front of Mary, who's the queen of heaven and earth the queen of the universe. And we're going to Mary and we're begging Mary for special graces related to Matthew chapter 7, 7. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be opened to him. So after begging Mary, the full of grace, who is like a rocket going right up right up to the to the moon and we're kinda of like a roller coaster, we're begging Mary to help us to Maintain the state of grace in our souls. But also to keep growing in grace. Because my friends, our spiritual life, our spiritual life is never static or stagnant. 
either we're growing in our spiritual life or we're diminishing in our spiritual life. Either we're growing in our spiritual life or we're diminishing in our spiritual life. It's kind of like being... It's kind of like being... in a lake in a rowboat with currents. If you do not row against the current, you're going to be dragged downstream. It's a way to make a concerted effort to keep rowing. Rowing in our spiritual life. Rowing and growing, if you like that. Rowing and growing in our spiritual life. So next, let's ask Mary for another grace, another fruit, keeping with the gospel for today. Another grace or fruit we can beg Mary for would be beg Mary to grow to help us beg Mary to help us to grow in our in our prayer life. That's right. Beg Mary to help us to grow in our prayer life. When Mary appears in Fatima, Lourdes. She tells us to pray, especially to pray the Most Holy Rosary. So my friends, let's beg Mary to help us to keep growing in our prayer life. To never diminish in our pursuit of a more fervent, faithful, frequent prayer life. Over the course of my preaching and teaching, I've said this many times. That as a teacher, I can teach you how to pray. As a teacher, I can teach you how to do vocal prayer. I can teach you how to meditate. I can teach you how to contemplate. I can teach you how to examine your conscience. I can teach you the art of lecture divino. I can teach you biblical prayer. I can teach you the prayer of the heart. In other words, I can teach people different methods of prayer. But as Carmen has pointed out already, anticipating what I'm going to say, I cannot give you the desire to pray. That I can't give you. Carmen has already anticipated what I was about to say. But it's so true. 
I can teach you the how, but the desire, I can't give that to you. Therefore, go to Mary and beg for that today. There's a proverb. You can take the horse to the water, but you can't make the horse drink the water. I could teach you, having been a baseball coach before, I can teach you how to hit a baseball, but unless you get the bat and take it off your shoulder, you're never going to hit the ball. So let's beg Mary. Let's beg Mary for the great desire to pray. We have to be motivated to want to pray. In my book that I wrote, The Compendium, of Marian devotions. There's a chapter in which I mention St. Gertrude the Great. And St. Gertrude the Great had a vision of Jesus in heaven. Dressed in a white tunic. And St. Gertrude. Contemplating. The glorious resplendent image of Christ. In the white tunic. Sees Jesus placing. A glimmering shiny gold coin. By the top. Of a big pile of golden coins. St. Gertrude the Great, intrigued by this vision of Jesus with the golden coins, asked Jesus, Well, Lord, what is the what is this pile of golden coins? What is that last golden shiny coin that you're putting on the top. And Jesus says, you see those golden coins, the pile of golden coins, are the many Hail Marys. The many Hail Marys. that you prayed with devotion. And the one on top is is especially resplendent because you just finished praying what is called a golden Hail Mary. The Hail Mary said with a lot of faith and love and devotion. So, my friends, so, my friends, on this day in which we're honoring Mary,
content connecting Mary to the gospel today where Jesus says, by their fruits you can know the tree. And we pray the Hail Mary. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. So be a, be a Matthew 7, 7 person. Ask and you receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open to him. So, in our conversation today, we've asked Mary for these three specific graces. And that would be we ask Mary for the salvation of our immortal soul. That all of us, that we will be saved in our Perseverance family, every one of us in our Perseverance family, that we will be saved. Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And second, that we would grow in grace. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And that all of us, all of us, through Mary's powerful prayers, We will grow in our prayer lives. So I invite you to share our Marian message to many of your friends today. Because as St. Louis de Montfort says, Mary is the quickest, the easiest, and the most secure pathway to the heart of Jesus. And may God bless you. And I'll extend to you my priestly blessing. Let's pray for each other mutually. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless all of you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.